guess they're all in the same genre, but uh, there's definitely a worst, middle, and best, I think. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, welcome to Reviews from the Crawl Space. Episode, episode 98. 98. Wow. Boom. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we might actually have to do something different for the 100th. Yeah, maybe. Which would be pretty easy. We could just go with our, you know, five best and five worst, or... Not necessarily best in terms of ratings, but like best in terms of impact. Like, mm. like, like Spark. The Sparks album recently is definitely one that I would have on that list. I'd also have uh, Genesis Foxtrot, I think, uh, like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There were some surprises so, in there. Yes. Okay. How about yeah, that? The, yeah. Like the best underdogs. So, oh, uh, welcome to the show where we review three vinyl from an inherited collection uh, at random, uh, at a time, I guess. Yeah. I'm Douglas, and I'm Vicky. That's Vicky over there, sitting across from me, across our grand coffee table in our living room. <laughs> um, I apologize right away, but there's going to be noise throughout this thing. Occasionally, they're doing construction across the street, and it just is relentless. So yeah, we've tried to kind of hold it off. That's yeah. That's one of the, yeah why we've delayed it a couple of days because it's been. Pretty. I have no idea when we'd be able to get this done if we didn't record it through the noise, so... Yeah, so we might as well get it done. Here we are. Okay. So, yeah, so we're talking about it. So, which which three do we got today? Today we've got uh, three albums. One, the first one, Gyp by a band called Gypsy, called Antithesis. Uh, second band is Fandango and their album called One Night Stand. And the third album, Groundhog's Crosscut Saw. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying, they're all, they're pretty much all in the same genre. They're like, uh, first of all, I would just throw it to the genre of classic rock. It, they all sound like classic rock, but rock, uh, blues rock, a uh, prog rock. There's definitely prog rock elements in all uh, most of them. Yeah. Except I don't think it's so much in Fandango. But yeah, these are very much in the exact same category from almost around the exact same time. So yeah, like this first album. Uh, Gypsy Antithesis. Gypsy was an American progressive rock band from Minnesota. They were the house band at Whiskey A Go Go in West Hollywood from 69 to 71. Antithesis is their third studio album of four. Uh, they released it in 1972. It had one single called Lean On Me that did not chart. I was going to say, yeah, I don't, don't remember that yeah, it didn't chart, so there wasn't a lot of talk about it. I really kind of had to read a lot of information to find out that little tidbit. That little bit, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't much for this one. No. Uh, producer was Jack Richardson, a Canadian musician and record producer with 333 producing credits to his name, including The Guess Who, Alice Cooper, Poco, um... The Association and Bob Seger. Okay. And Bob, the Guess Who, he did a lot of their catalog. Okay. Which led me on this little wormhole where I started listening to some Guess Who music <laughs> yesterday while I was doing my research and uh, got totally dragged down into their music. Um, a second guy named Jim Mason had 59 producing credits to his name, mostly Gypsy, but also Poco. Uh, David Soul and a lot of other bands that I've never heard of. Yeah. Um, it's funny because in one instance he's list like these two are listed as producers, and in the other instance I think it's on Discogs, Jack Richardson is um, listed 
but and Jim Mason is as well, but his name is whited out. Oh, weird. So I'm not sure how much he really had to do with this album. Yeah. Uh, the track listing, side A, Crusader, Day After Day, The Creeper, Facing Time, Lean On Me, which was the single, mm -hmm. Young Gypsy, side B, Don't Bother Me, Traveling Minnesota Blues, and in brackets, Go Gophers. Go so Many Promises, Antithesis, Keep Your Faith, uh, Edgar, Don't Hoover Over Me, and the last song is Money. The runtime on this album is 39 minutes and 54 seconds, which is long for... Oh, so it's probably a little bit longer than I thought, I know, that's for sure. Yeah. Listening to it, I don't remember it being that long. But... Uh, for context, if you're into Gypsy and uh, follow them and know their, their stuff, the before album... Before this one was In the Garden in 1971, and the after album was called Unlock the Gates, uh, released in 1973. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, I bet they saw some shit being the band. The house at the Whiskey A Go Go from 69 to 71? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bet you saw quite a few things come through there in those two years. Oh, definitely, definitely. All those future stars and bands, and oh, it'd be wild. Oh, yeah, you'd be like, they'd still be about the time the doors would still be running through there, and you'd just be getting on, just just as they would be going down, uh, David Lee Roth and them would be just starting up, because that's they would just start playing there for Van Halen. Huh. So, yeah, there'd be there's so much confluent, uh, convergence of fucking music at that time, right? That spot would be crazy. That's, and that's crazy. What they, they're housebound, and that's funny, because I never thought of it, but it kind of makes sense now in terms of the way their music is. It's, it sounds kind of house bandy stuff because it's 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 classic rock is how i just definitely describe it but it's now that i know that it's kind of safe safe classic rock yeah definitely and the funny part about this one is that we've you know since we've been doing the podcast on anchor we have really started to listen to the albums more than once yeah um and the third time through i said to, i said to doug i was like oh, this one's kind of starting to grow on me so um, the first listen through, it was like, ah, more the same. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't disagree because there there is a lot of this genre, this these types of albums in here. I, I agree, but yeah, um, yeah, I actually didn't mind it so much at first, and uh, I do agree with you that listening to it a, a couple more times it is beneficial, not just for this album, but for a lot of them. Yeah, it I just, totally agree. Yeah, it just is. And before when we we're doing it, we we're just listening to them really once listening to it once and then reviewing them and then trying to you know video it and edit it and all that yeah. shit so no it makes a difference and it's funny because usually really uh, there's certain albums still that you know like uh, we'll get to another one in this section too that we didn't really listen to more than i think we listened to it twice but that, that was it <laughs> yeah because it was the least favorite of the three yeah. um right from the get-go so so yeah i kind thought, of let it go i thought that this one was pretty decent like i said uh, straightforward it, it says proggy they were a little bit proggy but i just it's just more classic rock with prog elements um i thought the second side was better i enjoyed the second side and um i thought the title track and the end track so crusader and money i thought were probably two of the better songs on the album and uh i like the cover i like the cover a simple lot. yeah and uh, it's simple it's basic it's gonna i'm gonna assume i was gonna say if it was a gypsy it, to me it would make sense to have like a gypsy moth but i don't yeah. think that's a gypsy moth yeah it's a pretty good looking it's, butterfly, a, it's a butterfly or, or something yeah or whatever 
Um, yeah. So that's that's all right. And and honestly, that that's really it for um, any information I was going to find. So I guess I'll, I, unless you're going to add something there. No, there wasn't a lot of information to be found on this band, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so antithesis, uh, Gypsy, RCA Victor, catalog LSP-4775, Canada 1972, an original pressing. Uh, condition the cover is poorish. It's got water stains and damage. It's broken glue. Um, I mean, it's, it's weird that it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. And, uh, the sleeve is plain paper. The vinyl's actually in good to very good condition. There, I didn't notice really any, there was no scratches or, or whatever. A little bit dirty, as all of these are, because all of them have been covered in fucking mold. But outside of that, it's in good to very good. And the audio is also very good, or good, good to very good. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a classic rock mix. It sounded... Yeah. It had its mix, it had its bass, and you could hear everything. So, it was yeah, that's fine. We've heard worse. And, and now, unfortunately for me, that's where it comes to end, because there are no cover art credits anywhere to be found. Yeah. Uh, not on the album, not in the credits here listed anywhere. Because, oh, if you go open the case, it's a... Uh, I don't want to call it a gatefold, because it's not an official gatefold, but it's like a gatefold. And on the back, they have credit, but there's nothing here. I've, I've gone over it and I've looked everywhere online, and no one's got it, so I don't know. So, All right. So you might as well wrap it up if you got something there. So Discogs has seven for seven of them for sale from eight dollars and sixty eight cents. Twenty nine people have it. Nineteen want it. It gets rated four point five out of five, with four people rating. How much? Four point five out of five. Hmm. I don't know what that good, but no, same here. Uh, resale. There's no resale information yeah, was, available because uh, they've, never, nothing, yeah. they've never sold one on the platform. So uh, for this first album, I give it 2.5 out of 5. Uh, I gave it 3. I uh, enjoyed it a little more than you, I guess. Uh, there was a couple of songs that I actually... if And it's not on Spotify either, or I would have added a couple of songs to our playlist. Mm. But we, you didn't find it at all there, did you? No. 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 And I've looked, I've looked briefly and I couldn't find it. So, um, yeah. Three, I think there's a there's a little bit of something there, but at the same time, uh, it's pretty safe. Music. Yeah, yep, yeah, it so. sure is, and it's pretty uh, middle of the road. It's middle of the road, yeah, 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 I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty nondescript. <laughs> it's classic rock. <laughs> All right, so Gypsy Down. Gypsy Down. Yeah, it's so weird too. You think a band like that would have a lot more information? Because it's not like they just released one album and that was it. No, they only released four though, so maybe that's why. Hmm. Okay. Okay, album number two, a band called Fandango, One Night Stand. Fandango was an American pop rock band. Um, they played the local clubs in the tri-state area, which is New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. They started out as a four-piece band, and then they added three more members just prior to signing their first recording contract in 1977. Uh, they opened for acts like the Allman Brothers, the Marshall Tucker Band, Billy Joel, Chicago. Uh, they took their influences from the Eagles and Southern Rock. One Night Stand was the band's third studio album, another band that's only recorded four albums, and it was released in 1979. Mm -hmm. The producer was Alan Blazik, who has 87 producing credits to his name, uh, Jake Osband, Eagles, Alvin Bishop, Ario Speedwagon, Glenn Fry. Um, so... I was say, good, he's probably been on the pretty show. Pretty good credentials. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he has. Yeah, it seems familiar. Uh, track listing on this album is Side A, One mm -hmm. Night Song, Thief in the Night, 
hard man, bless my soul, hard-headed woman, I would never leave. Side B is dancer. Little oh, sons of bitches, man. Sons of fucking bitches. They're what? all because they're all all the, out of order. They're all of order in the back. <laughs> Why? I know you hate it when oh they do that. Oh my god! I totally agree. Because well, you're talking about you're reading it off, and it's like, oh, I want to put on this song. Well, this this on the back here it says that. You know, Dancer's the second song. Well, Dancer's not the second song. It's, nope, first song, second side. Yeah, God. Little Sherry, uh, Late Nights, Two-Time Loser, and Ain't No Way. Um, the runtime on this album, 36 minutes and 33 seconds. And for Fandango fans, well, they are a pretty big band, aren't they? Yeah, well, you said Just seven. judging by the pictures on the front of the album. Uh, for context, the before album was called Last Kiss, released in 1978, and the after album was Cadillac, released in 1980. Yeah, these guys, now we're talking about this, like you said, still in the same, you said Eagles and all that. Yeah, these guys sound like, definitely flat, and they definitely sound like a bar band. And then, like, in a nutshell, too many bar bands, because, you know, we just listened to one in Gypsy, and lots of bands started out. I'm pretty sure the Groundhogs were a bar band, too. But these guys sound like a chintzy bar band you'd hear in a shitty club and drink shitty beer, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this album, for me, was the worst of the three. Um, I didn't think that it really had much going for it. It didn't. It was super. It was super repetitive too, in terms of it. it just had. We talked about this before and how it's a problem. Where it's just got one one kind of song. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and it wasn't like it's and it's not even like they're it's not proggy or anything. It's like they're okay musicians. It's just yeah. It's it's just out of the three, it's just a safe tepid rock. I can't. I just like. I can't. To me, it's just classic. It's just into the 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 blob of classic rock now. Well, and it's funny because the lower you end know, of it. They say that their influence was the Eagles, but I, I really, that, I would think that at all. I, I really didn't hear any Eagles influence there, or even maybe Southern rock. But um, no, no, I agree with that. They totally missed the mark on that. If that's the, if those were their influences, they yeah, really, they're just uh, they're didn't just get it. generic rock. And you said they were kind of tri-state area. You said Jersey and stuff. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. kind of sounds. Jersey, New that York, Connecticut. Sounds like what they sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, like I said, they opened for some really good bands, like the Allman Brothers, the Marshall Tucker Band. Well, same with Gypsy. Billy Joel. So it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's. I mean, and, and we've like, said yeah, this many times. You don't want to have the opening band better than you. So anyone who does an album has the chops, musician musicianship wise. It's what they do with those chops and. I bet there, yeah. I bet there's fans out there, especially if you saw them in a club or something. Probably great, probably a great time. But yeah. just as a, like a listening experience, like the second time through was hard, and it doesn't. And I'll, I'll get into it here because part of the other problem too is that it it didn't sound as good as the other two albums either. It was just there was no bass whatsoever. It was just all highs, not even mids, just like high. Yeah. And it, it sounded kind of shitty. It sounded like the AM radio syndrome. Uh, is there anything you want to? Let's see. No, I have nothing else to All add. All songs are the same. Nothing really stood out. Forgettable. Okay. <laughs> Forgettable. One Night Stand by Fandango. Uh, RCA Records, catalog ARL1-3245. Canada, 1979, original pressing. Uh, condition, the cover's actually good. Yeah, it is, actually. It's, uh, no fading, no watermarks. Spine's in great condition. The corners aren't smashed in. So I'm going to give that. I have good, but actually I'm going to give that very good. Yeah, 
Uh, sleeve is original with lyrics and credits, so that's in good condition. And the vinyl, also good to very good. There is... Now, I know one of these albums pa- I skipped a couple of times, but, yeah. it, it, but it was because of just, like, shit or dirt or dirt, whatever yeah, on the... Yeah. None of them ever had a single scratch on them, <clears throat> which is weird for this collection. Usually it's uh, somebody scratched them or has taken, like, a, an eraser and just, like, scuffed the... I don't know, fucking weird... I don't. I don't remember doing it as a kid, but maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> like Screw these you, albums Fandango. suck. Yes, these albums suck. Uh, so the audio, and that's just what I was saying. It's the weakest of the three. Uh, it's it's not the worst, but it's not great. Uh, cover photo by Ebit, Ebet Roberts dot, and I put dot com because that's so E B E T Roberts dot com. Um, art direction by Ace Lehman, and cover design by Brian. Agawara, which has just been on the show recently. So I'm not sure how to say his name. Is it Ebet or e- yeah? Ebit? I would say Ebit. Ebit. Yeah. Is that how you say Ebit? I thought Ebit was spelled with two B's. Anyways, who cares? We're going to do a whole Ebit. Episode. Ebet. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. And you know what? And this time I didn't even bother looking it up because I don't remember. <laughs> uh, an American rock photographer with 176 credits to her name. Does that make it any difference in how you say her in that name? No. no okay. Uh, Chris Spedding, Hollow Notes and the Kinks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. I actually recommend to check out her page. Definitely seen, probably seen some of her rock photos. Pretty well known. Um, where are we at here? Ace, art director and graphic designer. 617 credits to his name because he was like the head of RCA uh, creative department or whatever. Worked with Jefferson Airplane, Lou Reed, the Guess Who and actually, once again, a lot of the Guess Who. That's funny, you had a producer. The last one was a lot of the Guess Who. Yeah. Uh, and Brian, American photog and art director, who was just on the show recently with the Earl Slick Band, 125 credits, including Billy Joel, Super Tramp, and Edgar Winter. Um, and I don't, with a lot of these ones too, I had to go look for, like, look for the individual person and then look through their actual catalog to see if they've been on the show before. And I really, other than that one, I couldn't really find anything, but... It was set up in a way that a hundred like whatever it was was not going to show up without me just remembering it, so yeah. it wasn't going to be marked or anything. So yeah, that's uh, you know starting to see a few more familiar names in terms of uh, creative stuff here. So th- that's it for me. Um, once again, not a lot, but that's fine because I don't really give a shit about this album. Yep. So Discogs has two of them for sale from nine dollars and thirty six cents. Seven people have it. One person wants it. There were no actual ratings for this, so yeah, so that, yeah. zero out of five. And mm. resale value, there aren't is no information there, because they've never sold one of their albums on the platform. Hmm. I understand why. I gave it two <laughs> out of five. I gave it one point five. Ah, you gave it more than me. That's or less than less me. than you. Yeah, that's yeah. surprising. Uh, yeah, no, I really like you. I really did not give a shit about it. No. So, okay. No, not at all. Fandango, down. And in a lot of ways, I had a really hard time differentiating between these bands. You did, and, and like I said, fair enough, because they are all in the same general uh, genre. Time span, yeah. No. And time span, now this is, I will say out of the two, I would say that Fandango and Gypsy are, are closer to each other than Groundhogs, but they still all are, because just because Groundhogs is a little more proggy rock. So these guys can be a little more straightforward classic rock. So, all right. 
But yes. So, uh, oh. Fandango down. Fandango down for sure. Okay, so the next and last one is uh, album caught by a band called Groundhogs, Cross Cut Saw. Really cool cover too. Yeah, it's definitely the best cover of the bunch, and um, probably one of the best covers for a while. Yeah. It's uh, I would actually say kind of terrifying. Oh, not for a while. Kimono My House was much nicer, was much cooler than this. Oh, well, much cooler. Okay, well, these are different because this is this is actually artwork as opposed to photography. For okay, I gotcha. Spent, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, gotcha. So, just in terms of like someone's actually illustrated or painted this, is uh, I actually think it's quite terrifying. And if you were to take some, you know, acid or mushrooms, that could turn into a bad time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very bad time. Nothing but teeth. <laughs> Nothing but <laughs> exactly. And those eyes are crazy. Huh? So it's like the robot. Why is he crying? Yeah. <laughs> so the Groundhogs are a British blues band founded in 1963. That's, that's funny blues. I call them rock prog, but yeah, I was surprised to read that rock. because I would have. Yeah, this was probably the proggiest of all of them. Yes. Yeah. And the most enjoyable. Um, they toured extensively in the 60s, achieved prominence in the early 70s, and continued into the 21st century. Crosscut Saw was their eighth studio album released in 1976. They're still active today with one original member, Tony McPhee, being the only guy left involved in the band. Mm -hmm. There have been many, many, many different renditions. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this last time. Over the years. Yeah. Um, they have disbanded three times and uh, in their history and then reformed. They toured with the Rolling Stones in 1971 at the request of Mick Jagger. Um, and that's about all the information that I could find out about them. You said that we've done another one of their albums. Yeah, Black Diamond. Okay, so I've, I I totally forgot to. And I don't think we gave it super great better. reviews either. I think we were yeah. just because you say blues rock because I think that at that time we probably were reviewing three of the three blues rock albums at the same time, and I, I just think that that one we gave worse reviews to because we were tired of hearing blues rock. Blues rock. Yeah. Because yeah. like as honestly, when you say that, because this album isn't isn't really that. It has maybe has elements, but I wouldn't call it a blues album. Oh no, not at all. No, I was quite surprised to read prog that. Rock. Like in I fact, said. I would say some of it borders on, especially when we get into it, some of it borders kind of on like early metal. Yeah, there's some really cool shit there. Yeah, there certainly is. Producer is Tony McPhee, one of the original members of the band and the only one left existing, uh, with 47 production credits to his name, mostly Groundhog stuff. Yeah. The track listing on this album is Side A, Crosscut Saw, Promiscuity. Boogie With Us, Fulfillment. Side two is Live a Little Lady, Three-Way Split, Mean Mistreater, and Eleventh Hour. The runtime on this album is 39 minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah, like I was saying, like there's some, so many different elements. Um, that's funny, you should write down the good songs. Okay, so two of the songs that I picked right away, the very first song, Crosscut Saw, and this last song, Eleventh Hour, but I also think the song Fulfillment, which is the last song on the first side, I think for me, just those are the songs, but I think overall it's a pretty solid album all the way from start to finish. It's one that I would listen to start to finish again instead of cherry-picking songs off of it. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, because it it was that good. So. Um... Yeah, and I, well, it's, like I said, this one seemed to be a little more, it had a little more, like, it wasn't just a prog rock album. It had different, different elements and some different changes and... Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I really, I think the song "The Eleventh Hour" really kind of encapsulates everything that I'm talking about. This album, it just it's it's a prototypical. Starts out very quiet and slow, and then builds, and then by the end, and honestly too, I'm not and I'm not just the drumming, but like 
there's some really fucking good guitar and bass playing, especially mm-hmm. the bass playing in the, in the last song, man. Just fucking burning that place down. Yeah, there was one song, and I don't remember. I think it was on side two, but I kind of said to you, oh, this one's really kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. It might Actually, that might have been that last song, but there's a couple of them. There's a couple on the second side that are a little a little heavier too and yeah. and that's why I think it's different than the other one I don't remember getting that reaction from the other album I think the other album was just just blues rock well and, and I, this one is more like it's like hard rock a lot rock. of it goes without saying too that I don't even remember reviewing another Groundhog's album so. yeah well it was, it was pretty it, forgettable it wasn't obviously a standout for no, us no. so no I give it the and it's got a good mix like I said the, I'll get into it here but the sound the instruments the, the actual mix of uh, of the album itself, like you could hear all the instruments nice and clear. They use the space well. You got lots of nice, nice bass that makes sense. So, um, uh, yeah, Crosscut Saw, uh, the Groundhogs United Artist Catalog UA LA 603 G, uh, US 1976 original, but it does have a hole punch. Um, condition covers okay ish, other than that hole punch. I can't it's a read. little bit one. Yeah, I, can't, I have, can't read the spine, but the more I look at it, it's because the sp- they put this printing on the spine and actually, like, not on the spine, but kind of on the corner. Yeah, it looks like it's... It's on the edge, yeah. so that actually has something to do with the that wear. It looks like they kind of miscalculated the printing there. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's, it's not in bad condition. It's not as good as Fandango, but it's better than Gypsy. So it's got, it's got, it's got the condom ring. It's got some fade. It's, an, you know, it's an old album. Definitely been played. And I'm, once again, I'm just going to recap the audio. Once again, very good mix, good punch, use of space. It's definitely the best of the three, no question. Uh, the illustration is by Mick Lai. Mick only has two credits, this and for the band Mallard. Mallard's self-titled album Mallard, which I'm almost 100% sure will be in this collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to quickly stroll through my nose. Uh, no, solid album. Yeah, very good mix. We love Prague. Yeah, we do. Solid musicians. Okay, yeah, that's it. Good. Okay, so last information on this. Discogs has 30 for sale from $9.99. 468 people have it. 53 people want it. It gets rated 4.26 out of 5 with 42 people rating. The resale value on this album is $6.25, $11.65, and nineteen dollars and thirty-three cents. I'd probably get somewhere in between those two. I gave it a three point five out of five. Yeah, me too. And so did you. Yeah. And as I've mentioned before, this for me is the best of three on this episode. For sure. And I, I honestly, I'd have to listen to it a bit more. I came really close to giving it a four, just because, like, you know, it took like you said, it took a minute to grow, just like the Gypsy one. It took a minute to grow. We listened to it a couple of times, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good album. Yeah, I so. would I would listen to it yep. uh, some more Again, start to yep. finish just because okay. it was enjoyable. It was. Um, do we want to talk about the Sparks documentary? Oh yeah, of course. Briefly? We should talk about it at the beginning actually. If anybody's still listening at this stage and yeah. good, first of all, good for you. Uh, <laughs> and thank you. Thank you, yeah. Second of all, we finally were able to get into watching the Sparks Brothers documentary directed by Edgar Wright and uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's fucking fantastic. Uh, I'm so... We are very... It's one of those ones where we're happy that they're getting the due that they deserve. Yeah. And I'm so glad that, for whatever reason, we found them. 
because of the collection, just because that one album happens to fucking be in there almost the same day that the, the documentary is released, and it's just like... Like, connecting all those dots. Our, just yeah, like and it's just like, giddy. it's like our favorite, our, you know, our favorite band we hadn't heard of yet. So it's like, they're balls deep in it. And Sparks, honestly, just watching that documentary and, and appreciate for that, how how ahead of the curve they were on everything, how they never did it for money at all, how all their albums sound fucking different from each other. And how hard they worked. How much they grinded out. Keep reinventing themselves. And and they got, they finally are, they got a movie coming out. Yeah. They have written and stuff, and it's called Annette. These guys are in their 70s now. Yeah, and they're still touring, still And they're down. still, yeah, they're still <laughs> crazy active and... Probably more popular than ever. Yeah. So it's pretty wild, and uh, the influence these guys have had on on music and in the industry is pretty wild. So fantastic, Edgar Wright knocking it out of the park again, yeah. as always. And uh, yeah, so recommend. Would you recommend this oh, documentary? Uh, I would recommend it. Like it, it was over two hours long. It was, it was funny. It didn't seem like it at all. I would love to watch it again. The interviews that uh, they did uh, were top-notch the graphics that they've added the illustrations and, and the yeah, illustrations yeah. that they've added throughout the album or uh, throughout the documentary are incredible and in usual um edgar wright ways mm-hmm. the, every attention to detail yep. and yeah. um every experience of a movie with him is incredible and this was no exception. No, and in fact, right after we watched this one, we wheeled over and watched the <laughs> the 4K, the remastered 4K HDR Dolby Atmos version of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and it was just like, oh my god. Ah. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. much love. So yes, go seek it out. Go watch it. Um, support it. Love support it. Support it. Dig in. Like we have so much music to listen to on their behalf now yeah the sparks put out almost a, 30 yeah almost a 30 bunch albums. of albums <laughs> what do they say almost 400 songs yeah something like that yeah. and we've really concentrated on just one album yeah we've just been pounding out uh, pounding out come out of my house yeah so we've got a lot of learning to do uh, around the sparks yeah so there we go and i mean too i also like yeah and their videos look are crazy. Yes, the ones they create, and this is all them. This is all them doing it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one brother, Ron, wrote the music and the lyrics, and uh, Russell did all the singing. And they just, they were both so creative and interesting. And well, they just worked. I mean, they're brothers, and that could really backfire. But they clearly are just like a unit. They're an individual. Yeah. They might have their indiv- separate lives, but they're they're clearly one individual person doing yeah. this stuff so. yeah they're they're like, <laughs> they're like twins that aren't yeah. twins yeah exactly totally yeah they're just two halves of the same brain yeah so, so yeah go see it okay cool thank you for listening and uh yeah you hear from us soon bye oh thank you